Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to season three of the Revolutionary Sports Front. I'm Joe. I'm here with Tony, Jerry, and a special guest today, Josh Lentz, my future brother-in-law. Josh, how's it going? Good. Yeah. Here. Talk about sports. Don't know shit about sports, so it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, it's going to be a wild ride for sure. And, you know, season three, we're starting a little late, but, you know, better late than never, boys. What do you say? I'm ready to go, man. I'm just glad you're back in the mitten. Actually, that's that's the big thing about this week's show is uh, I'm in the mitten, which I'm normally not. I'm on Skype somewhere in this fucking world. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. We got Lions. We got Packers. We have the Irish, the Spartans, the Wolverines, and most importantly, the Detroit Red Wings on the, Red on the docket wings, for today. My I think Red you said wings. the most important thing was we have whiskey. Uh, we do have whiskey. And we have beer, warm beer. But we're missing we're missing one very very large piece, and that is the one and only Frank Rochalski. Uh R.I.P. No, I'm just kidding. He's he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> he's alive. Uh, he just couldn't make it tonight. He, he just couldn't make it tonight. Work work is work is a pain in the ass sometimes. But Frankie, I love you. I miss you. Uh, I'm definitely gonna see you tomorrow before I head back down to to the uh, scorching hot state of Texas. Yeah. So well, well, but pump the brakes here. being an adult. Han, your future brother-in-law didn't said he doesn't know anything about sports, so we're pretty much got Frank here. Are we really that worried? Oh, <laughs> he will be listening tomorrow, so I'll let you handle the repercussions. He'll of that, just but. give me the old horse collar outside of Conti's. Oh, but all right, let's gosh. do it. Let's well, get Josh, to Josh it. knows something. I mean, he went to Michigan. You know, there there was a football team. There is. I mean, there still is a football team there. <laughs> but I mean, he, he knows he knows some stuff about sports. I think he's exaggerating a little bit, but. He'll be able. He'll be able to talk a little lions. He'll be, able to, you know, he's got some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of lions, let's get to it. Let's get right after it today. We got a big show and not that much time. So lions. Um, first game underwhelming. I think we can all admit that. Five picks by Stafford. Uh, hot garbage fire. Yeah, real great hot take there, Tony. Did you watch the game, Josh? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> well, I, th- I, think, I think Joe, uh, give me something to work with, Joe, please. I, th- I think Josh did himself a favor on that one because, man, I mean, yeah, Stafford was awful. Stafford was just, and, and the thing about Stafford is, is it's not so much Stafford as I think it is with the rest of the team, and maybe as much as it is, like say, um, you know, we've heard in the local area people talking about Matt Patricia and things like that. I, I think, uh, I think it's, it's like an anomaly for Stafford. I mean, there was a game against the Chargers way back. When Peyton Manning was with the Colts, he threw five picks against the Colts in one game, and the Colts blew them Brady out. So threw four against the Chiefs a couple years ago, and they won the Super Bowl that yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, even even the best quarterbacks have done it. They've had that night where it's just it's just not going to go their way, and they throw a lot of picks. But but the the, the picks though are are just on on the laundry list of issues for the Lions right now, and it's just Week One, and that's got to be very very alarming for the Detroit Lions. I think looking at the Lions as a whole. I don't ever judge too much from week one of an NFL season. First of all, with the limitations on practice and stuff now, these guys basically, that's the first time the Lions have suited up since last year, week 17, right? Yeah. So they're going out there. They had some hiccups. It's not that they lost, and the five picks is understandable. Like you said, Peyton Manning's done it. What scares me is the look on Patricia's face when it was all going wrong. He looked like a confused child who lost his puppy in the woods. Yeah, and he's a, he's a young coach, man. He's a rookie coach uh, as far as a head coach goes. I mean, he's been a coordinator for years and years and had a lot of success, obviously. But the thing is, with, for him, is he's going to have to rally the, the, the wagons here. He's going to have to circle the wagons and, and rally the boys and, and get these guys going because they're going to the 49ers where they're, they're, playing, they're, uh, they're paying sorry, a, a quarterback way more than he's worth. But the guy can actually play decent ball. Um, 
and, and they're, they're going to be on the road, which is always a challenge, you know, out in California. So they're they're going to need to bring it and, and even the ship because as soon as they go to New England, it's it's probably going to be a. Uh, well, New England's coming here, but yeah. Oh, New England's coming. So okay, so New England's coming to Detroit, um, and, and that that could be a pretty nasty game if if they, if they keep playing like this. Yeah. Uh, the, the Patriots will just. It could be worse. I'm not a big fan of must wins unless it's eliminating you from the playoffs or division contention, but you're going to lose to the Patriots week three, I mean, 90% chance. So if you don't win this game, you're looking at 0-3 starters. The chances of making the playoffs at that point are minimal. Yeah, I mean, for me, the biggest concern is the fact that Sam Darnold's track record in college was he blew out crap teams and struggled against good teams, and he looked amazing against Detroit. Which makes me think, if that track record holds true in the NFL from college, the Lions are going to be a crap team this year. Well, Sam Darrell did throw a pick six in his first throw ever. Yeah, that was a horrible throw. But after that, his receivers were wide open. He made some good plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to take it all away. I'm saying he wasn't perfect. I mean, he threw a pick six. And, and, and the Jets did have a special team score, right? Uh, a return. And, and a pick six. And, and, and a pick, pick six, six himself. So you're talking about a, a good chunk of points that were not off, uh, not off of Sam Darnold's arm. The other thing is, at one point, the Lions came out and tied that game to start the second half, right? Yeah, right at the beginning seven. of the third yeah. quarter, they tied it up. And then, what, and then they shoot Didn't the, the Jets score 31 points the rest of the quarter? That was pretty much the game right there. Yeah, they scored, uh, yeah. Well, they scored 31 the, points the, third, the rest of the game. Yeah, the third quarter is just a straight yeah, they, avalanche. All those points they scored so fast, Nasty it was an avalanche points. and nobody could get... You know, but that's what happens week one. I mean, the Saints got blown out by the Buccaneers. You think that's going to happen when they play in week 10? You know, I'm not... I think... Do you guy, not believe in Fitz magic? I mean, I think since Frank's not here... But I'm not just going to go into the shed and put a bullet in my brain like what you're saying. I'm not going to do it. So I'm not doing it yet. I'm not doing it yet. I think it's appropriate for this situation i don't think week one speaks to a season at all in the nfl the way it is today yeah and, and, and although the lions i do think look they're screwed in that division honestly they're probably the fourth best team now oh dude watching khalil mack play for the bears when he's supposedly out of shape and not in good condition and he's just tearing through that line He's going to be all over Stafford both times they play him this year. Yeah, and the, I think some of the – I was a fan of them keeping Jim Bob Cooter as the offensive coordinator because I thought he had a good rapport with Stafford and he had some good throws. But now they look back on it, that was a bad opinion by me. I can admit that I was wrong. The guy can't call a run game to save his life. Like, LeGarrette Blunt's getting killed back there. Kerryon Johnson's getting killed back there. At well, some point, I, it's not the running back. I think it's he how, knows how to air it out. He doesn't know how to keep it on the ground. I, I think at the time, though – they had a different style of offense. I mean, you look at the two running backs they have right now, those guys are meant to run with the ball. They're not meant to go out and catch it. The running backs they had before, I think, were, were made to but go out. But we still have Theo Reddick. Uh, okay, but... No, who, I see what Joey's saying. You got some big... Had, uh, uh, from Nebraska. Abdullah. Abdullah, yeah. I mean, I think... I think they're... And, and you're not going to see Riddick as much as you're going to see Blunt or uh, or carry on. So, I mean, he's really a third back at this point. Am I, he's am I just a receiving back. Yeah, he's just a receiving back. So I mean, now he's he's kind of a one-dimensional back, and you, and you kind of take away the the guessing game of him and Abdullah, who were the top two backs, a, uh, you know, a year ago. So I think I think the the personnel has changed now, and I, I think what's happening is Cooter is going to start to get kind of phased out of the coaching staff. They're probably going to bring in a different offensive guy next year. That's more of uh, uh, Patricia's style. Of what he liked to run. That's another thing I want to talk about, though. Patricia style. He's trying to copy the Patriots and what the Patriots have that nobody else has. And I mean, everybody says this. They got Tom Brady. Like Belichick was a failure pre Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Tom Brady wasn't that great of a college quarterback before Belichick. They're like a per- they're a perfect couple. You know what I mean? Like Michelle and Barack Obama. You know, they're just picture perfect. 
Well, it yeah, wasn't necessarily Tom, a failure. Tom Brady's MO has always been that he's a hard worker. And I think okay. that's what helps him. Congratulations. Well, he's in the well, NFL. Well, of course he's a hard worker. I mean, was, it, was, was he really? A, I mean, I thought they were in like the AFC Championship when Bledsoe got hurt. No. No, Bledsoe got hurt partway through that season. Yeah, partway through really? the season. Really? I thought, I thought they were already in the playoffs when that happened. Okay, never mind. Yeah, no. I, I mean, they work well together, but you can't take that system. That system is only meant for winners. People only buy in when you're winning. You know what I'm right. saying? No, Patricia's, yeah, Patricia's, yeah, yeah. his whole trying to break, the Patriot way doesn't work anywhere else but for the Patriots because you have to it's be, the Patriot you, way. You have to be you know I mean? playing in Super Bowls every, two out of every three years, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. if you look at Andy Reid's coaching tree, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl champions in it, you know why that works? It's because Andy Reid is more of a people person, you know? He's yeah. out there talking to people. Belichick said he's hung out with Randy Mossman and the team one time outside of work, and in like five years he saw Brady one time outside the facility, and it was yeah. at Randy Moss's Halloween party. You know yeah. what I mean? They're not friends. They don't go grab a beer on like a Tuesday like you would think. You know, that doesn't work for everybody. It works for them, and yeah. it's an anomaly. You know yeah, what I mean? it, it helps when you're, you're, uh, you're winning Super Bowls. And, you know, they used to say something about Scotty Bowman uh, and the Canadians, the Montreal Canadiens. I love Canadians. this saying. Uh, everybody they, write this down. Listeners at home, remember they, this. They, they talked to the uh, – man, who is the goalie? But he said, you hate, you hate Scotty Bowman 364 days of the year, but on the 365th day when you win the Stanley Cup, you love him to death. Uh, man, who was that goalie? Ken Dryden. Ken Dryden, yep. the Montreal Canadiens, said that about Scotty. Yeah, Bowman, there was so. uh, oh, a defenseman. I can't think of his name in Detroit who basically said the same thing about Bowman. Was that Bowman would like purposely play mind games with you, like stand where you're supposed to clear the puck out of the zone to see if you had the guts to clear the puck right into him, basically. Yeah, you know, when they when they gave Holmstrom the number 96, Holmstrom said, oh, is that – you gave me that number uh, – I don't know, what was it um, – Oh, it was because it was in 95. and Oh, yeah, it was in 95. And, and Bowman said, said 96 a year, you're going to be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, go, he goes, no, you're, you're going to get 96. He goes, oh, is that because uh, I'm coming up to the team and that's the year I'm coming up? He goes, no, it's because it's the year you're leaving. Oh, God, what uh, a great man. Yeah, so <laughs> anyways. But, I mean, it's, it's very – I mean, so you got Bowman. He's won uh, – I think it was nine, ten Stanley Cups. And then uh, – and Belichick, I mean, he's got how many Super Bowl rings now? Five, five. rings. So, I mean – and, and uh, potentially he could have had eight. So it's it's one of those things where um, the success is it's it's you can't. Yeah, you also with potentially it. have four if the you know. Brady's also a Marshawn Lynch running play away from only having three. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not a fan of the. Uh, I don't. I get why the Patriots work, but their coach is always failing. Bill O'Brien's doing all right with Houston Texans, but he's never going to win a Super Bowl down there. That's obvious, and I can't understand why people keep going to New England for these coordinators. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I get it. And it, it's hard. It's hard. I, I I think from a position where some teams are like, listen, like this guy has just had success there. I mean, it, what he did worked. And I don't think they look into the deeper picture. The, the dilemma that Detroit is in is Bob Quinn is their GM, and he came from the Patriots. So he's it's a deeper Patriot connection than there is with other teams. I think other teams do it because – they're bringing in a Patriots guy. They're bringing in a winner. They're bringing in a guy who knows what right looks like. But with Detroit, I mean, they have it deep down to the the bones where they have a guy who's running the personnel, running the player management, you know, drafting everything. And now he's got his guy. And and it really, in his perfect world, he's just going to keep poaching uh, Patriots boys and doing it the Patriots way. Um, and quite honestly, I, I thought they were on the right track. I thought that, that tackle and the uh, cornerback they got – from Texas were, were pretty good second round picks, but what I found out earlier in the week was that neither of those guys have been really playing. So um, we'll have to look, you know, as the season goes on. 
Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at draft picks, Tease Tabor didn't play at all. Jared Davis, he can tackle, but he can't cover, like, worth a lick. And maybe he'll learn how to cover, but covering at the linebacker position is kind of instinctual. It's a must. must. You know? Especially in today's NFL where it's so pass heavy and he's just getting burned by anybody with the two legs out there. It's ridiculous. No, at the pro level, if you can't cover and and fill gaps and play uh, as a linebacker, uh, you're you're, you're just not going to make it. The truth is, there's been a long time the Lions finishing in the middle of the pack or towards just barely, when it was three to five years to make the playoffs, they were wild cards. So they had years where they weren't getting top talent, and they also don't have top coaching to develop the talent they do get. You know, like some right. teams survive the top, like the Packers seven straight years in the uh, playoffs, the Patriots eight straight years. Somehow yeah. they find a way to find picks, get it done, but they also have Rodgers and Brady, two of the greatest to ever do it. Where with the Lions, they aren't drafting low enough to get your Staffords or Calvins anymore, yep. and they're picking guys who aren't that good. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, it's one of those where when you're drafting in the middle of the pack like that, you got to be able to scout the guys so that way you can find that guy who's going to be that rookie of the year candidate who's going to take you from middle of the pack to upper echelon. If you want to, you know, win a playoff game to start with, now, let alone contend. The Lions for the drafted team. a long snapper this last season. You get, I can be a long snapper. You can't hit the guy in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I think I was. Uh, I was curious. The Lions didn't go with. So I think they're running a three-four defense right now. Correct. It's the first time in a long time they're running Patricia's three-four defense. It's kind of like a mix. It's like it's a, a, mix. It's like a they mix. mix three-four and four-three. So I, I was talking to my dad, uh, Papa Bear, earlier, and. Uh, you know, talk, talk, we were talking about the Lions, and he was surprised that the Lions didn't really push hard for Khalil Mack, and it seems like Chicago, uh, and, and Tony, you, you actually mentioned Khalil Mack a minute ago, it's, 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 it's surprising that they didn't give up what... It's because of know, Stafford's contract. The Bears, too much the money. Bears could pursue it because they have Mitch Trubisky. That's, and they could pay quarterback okay, money so for So basically okay, gotcha. what uh, teams are thinking now is you can pay one person a bunch of money and that's it once one person has a, so once you have to pay your quarterback you got to find value guys that's just like the mantra in the nfl now that's what the raiders why you know but i don't know cleo max definitely worth it we'll get to i want to talk about cleo when we get the packers i want to focus on the lions now so uh we don't know when we get back on the air what do you guys think the season looks like for them i don't have the schedule in front of me but i think four wins would be good Four. They're, they're more than a four-win no, team. No, they're they're, they're better than a four-win team. Let's let's take a little look at the schedule here. Um, I, you I lost honestly think to the Jets with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I but okay, fifty-five hundred. I was actually my prediction, Josh. So for somebody who doesn't know anything, you're right Wait, on what track. Did jo- what did Josh say? Fifty percent. He's F- saying eight and eight. Oh, eight and eight. Okay, okay. So, so we're gonna go eight and seven in the next fifty. So I'm gonna games. I'm gonna. I'll give my score. I'm going to run down the list. I'm going to give my score um, later, though. So Niners, 49ers win. Patriots lose. Cowboys win. Packers lose. Dolphins win. Seahawks lose. Vikings lose. Bears win. Panthers win. Bears win. Rams lose. Cardinals win. Bills win. Vikings lose. Packers lose. So, okay. Eight and eight. Did I disagree with Josh? No, he said exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, did, he did I, agree yeah, with Josh. yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, okay, so I, I'd say I'd say for the season eight and eight. I think that's right where they're sitting. They're like an eight and eight team. I mean, the thing is, you're gonna have injuries or something. I mean, all kinds of things can happen. I see. Yeah, them. I mean, we have to see how things shake out with injuries, but I mean, yeah, the Dolphins, Dallas, Dude. those are very winnable games. 
if we look at what they saw the first week of the season from those The teams. Jets' defense ain't bad. Like, everybody's ripping on Stafford, but the Jets' defense is a solid defense. They got Leonard Williams, Darren Lee, and then Tremaine Johnson. That's a solid one, two, three punch. You know, that's basically taking away a third of the field every play, you know, wherever they're at. I just think they're going 0-6 in the division, so to, that means, other than that, going outside of the division, you have to go 8-1 and one the rest of the way. To be eight and eight, I don't think they're going to. I don't see them losing all those games in the division. We'll see. You're always going to squeak one out here or there, but all right. So eight and eight, I got eight and eight too. Tony, four and twelve. Right. I'm the Lions fan. That's here. coming from the Lions fan here. That's that's not good, Frank. I know you're out there. Fifteen and one, we got we, it. We need we need something We're, realistic. They're if winning you say the Super anything Bowl. in the double digits as far as the win column. We're gonna have to call you out. All right. Uh, you, uh, well, no, no, they're not winning 10 games. Sorry. They're not. All right, let's flash up to a game that, I mean, was worth every dollar of admission. Sunday Night Football, the man, the myth, the legend, A.A. Ryan. I was dead at work on Monday morning. Aaron Rodgers. All right, the man. He's out there. I mean, they didn't look great at first. They were off, you know, a couple throws off, weren't getting things going. Cleo Mack was getting pressure. You know, I thought that Rodgers was out for the season, honestly, when I saw that knee injury and the way he looked getting card off. But then, almost like Tupac coming back from the dead with that album. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ himself rising from the grave. He walks out of that tunnel, hopped up on Vicodin, or Hadricodown, something like that, and he has arguably the best half of offensive football I've ever seen. That that was unreal. I mean, I thought, I thought like the same thing you said. I thought he was done. Like, I thought he was – the season was over. I, I turned the game off. I turned it off. I was like, if Rodgers is done, there's no point because the Bears are, are firing on all cylinders. This, this is going to be a blowout. It's going to be an absolute blowout. I get a notification on my phone uh, through the NBC app that, that Rodgers is back. So I turn the game on on my phone while I'm, do, I'm doing a little homework, doing a little studying. And uh, so I'm watching the game, and it was, it was unreal. I mean, it was absolutely unreal. Like what he did, basically on one leg. If you watch his throws, he's on is on his right leg, or was it his right leg or left leg that his got left hurt. leg's the one that left knee sprain. Yeah, left knee that got hurt. So he's on he's like on his right leg throwing these balls. By the way, it's not like he came back like necessarily fresh or anything. I mean, he came in on one leg and threw some threw some awesome throws. And man, oh man, the it one was, thing it was though, something to see. I don't like. Obviously, I don't want the quarterback to be hurt. But Rodgers, when he's a little dinged up, sometimes he plays better because he doesn't try to extend plays. You know, like in the first half, yeah, he's he, all when he drops back. If his first reason there and his second one's not there, he's always like, "Okay, I'm an athlete. I can make moves." Once his knee was hurt, he was hitting slants, drags, all kinds of things. But the one take I have two takeaways from that game. The first is the Packers have two first round picks next year. They do have cap room. They should have signed Cleo Mack or traded for Cleo Mack. I don't understand why they didn't. I'll never understand. I get you can't pay two people, but Rogers' money's all up front. He's getting eighty million before March third. You know they don't have that yeah. many like their young guys. They have a long time where those quarterback cornerbacks are going to be up. Yeah, they should have got Cleo Mack. Number two from the last drive of the game when they were up twenty four to twenty three. Last year's defense would have choked that away. They would have yeah. given up the field goal. No, those. Yeah. Young cornerbacks, they aren't there yet. They, I didn't like them in the first half, but they rallied in the second half. They made a couple of plays, and I can actually, for once, see some talent in the secondary and see some aggressiveness out of the linebackers. And Man. it's not there yet. 
It's not there yet, but for the first time, I can feel positive about my defense since about 2010. They're coming around, dude. They're coming around big time, and it was uh, it was pretty cool to see. Like there were a couple passes there where if the Bears catch it, they're within field goal range, and and the corners were in great position, and they knocked the passes down. I mean, I mean, they they couldn't have played any better. Any better, it's an interception. So I mean, it, it is it is very very nice to see that there's some secondary help, and then now maybe the pass rush benefits from this because they were starting to get to Trubisky. Yeah, in that and fourth quarter. Muhammad Wilkerson did way better in the second half. Yeah. And uh, as a team overall, the, obviously the second half looked better and they had more momentum and stuff like that. But I'm not – a lot of people came out of the game like, oh, this could spur them to the Super Bowl. I'm not that ecstatic. I still think it's going to no, be a rough no, season for them, really... especially with the Vikings and the Bears like that. But I'm looking around 11-5, and 10-6, wild card. I'd rather have a slow start than a uh, – Burnout you know, at the end. Bur- burnout, yeah, like like – you know, blow our wad now and then have a burnout at the end. So, what would you say was your prediction for the season? About eleven and five, probably. Yeah, I I put that in about eleven and five. Just, I mean, the good news for the Lions and Packers is you it got the NFC East, to play so you have twice. one loss in the Patriots, but then you have three. I mean, I'm not going to call them gimmies, but you should win. You the mean AFC East, the AFC East. Those are you know you should win those games, and because the Packers finished third or fourth in division last year, they're going to be playing the third or fourth divisions. They're going to have yeah. some easier games, so. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is uh, how they do against Minnesota. They they got them tomorrow, um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. I want to spend like a half an hour breaking down these throws, but I'm going to break down one of them. It's the one to Geronimo Allison for the first touchdown on the comeback. So they had a cornerback go out, Prince of Mukamura, and Rogers. Like every the announcers kept saying, "Oh, he looked out the safety. He looked out the safety." That's not what happened. What happened was he was going to test that rookie corner because he knew they were in like a man one shell or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he just was staring at him so long the safety had to bite over there. Then as soon as the safety did, Rogers was like, that means there's nobody on the other side. And threw up to Geronimo. Great play by him. Also, vintage Randall Cobb on that run. Yeah. He looked fast for the first time in a long time. That looked that looked really good. I, I couldn't believe that uh, they pulled that play off. I mean, really, it was just a dump off, dude. It was like a 10-yard dump yeah, off. It wasn't that- third and 10, though. It was a racket. Yeah, I mean, they had to get the first down. That was huge. So it was it was more like a dump off because nothing was there, and it really the play kind of just broke down, and then and then it broke down pretty much again when they, like the the seas parted and he had nothing but green to like the ten yard line. He had to make one move, and then he was in. It was yeah, and you pretty, could say get down twenty to nothing, but or twenty to three, seventeen nothing. But Deshaun Kaiser was in field goal range, strip sack by Khalil Mack. Yeah. There's three points that could have had. Yeah. The last touchdown by the Bears, the one that made it a 20, was a pick six by Cleo Mack because Deshaun Kaiser, it was a screen, it got blown up, and he just lofted in the air, hoping yeah. instead of getting hit, he should have eaten it. It was in the first half. He could have. I don't like the screen play call with that quarterback. And personally, I know it's supposed to be a safe play call, but more times than not, that's what happens when you have somebody get panicked back The though. defense played pretty well. The score didn't necessarily indicate what, what the defense did. They had a you, couple you could, drives you had to give seven points with Cohen back. and Juwan Howard, but... yeah. You know, they were doing, like, a couple weird formations. But when they ran – basically, when the Bears ran out of their scripted plays, it was over. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean you, can't, you can't sit there all game and run, like, trick plays and shit. You can't do that the whole time. Yeah, so NFL teams, if you don't know, listener, they come out. They have probably the first 15 to 20 plays are scripted for any game. They practice with plays all week long. That's why some teams will look better, and then great teams are the opposite way. They get better at the end of the game because they don't worry about the scripted plays. Well, also, you know, I think at the end of that game – Chicago went almost completely away from Tariq Cohen and went strictly John Howard at running back, just trying to pound it up the middle, 
burn the clock. Yeah, and the old Packers defense last year probably would have got an 80-yard gain and scored a freaking touchdown as the time ran off the clock. And then when you have somebody like Green Bay who can hit that quick pass and quick score, they can easily get back into it that way because when you're going three and out every time, you're not burning that much clock. Where if I think if they would have kept it mixed up where they were passing the ball some more, especially when you were playing with Tariq Cohen, who you get in the ball in space, he can make something happen. I think it would have worked a lot better for him if they would have stuck to the game plan instead of playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Yeah. Yeah, and really, at the end of the day, uh, I mean... A win's a win. That's just Aaron Rodgers for you, man. I mean, we saw him do it a couple times in Dallas, and it's just... Dude, when that guy when that guy gets in that moment, it, oh yeah, when I saw it, it's him just come so back. hard to not believe that like like when when we were in the Super Bowl, um, the, this past Super Bowl, and Brady came out, like obviously he got strip sacked and that was it. But before he got strip sacked, I mean, everybody was like, I, we've seen this before. Yeah, I looked at the time and I was like, dude, like yeah. he just this is just his time. Like this is just a Brady moment, and then. Um, obviously he lost, but it's same thing with Rodgers when when he gets in those moments. It's like certain people are made for that, you know, and just just that it excites them. It makes them. It doesn't make them anxious or nervous. It makes them want to, uh, you know, go through it. So, um, he's just like one of those few guys that can deal with it, and that's it. Yeah, and you just gotta like trust your training in that situation. Like if you're down twenty to three, you can't score seventeen points on a play. You know, you two yeah. are one formerly military, one still in. Josh is in the Air Force. Thanks for your service. Um, how do you guys feel about Kaepernick Neen? How do you oh, feel about Nike? Let's, let's get some controversy go going. Oh no! It's Josh involved. This is the unscripted. Oh. Is this the unscripted military? Yeah, I literally just well, thought. Josh, this Josh I, doesn't. Josh doesn't talk much, so I want to hear his opinion. Yeah, on this. we got to get I Josh mean, involved. It's probably the same as mine. This just came to me. Isn't it a great idea? I'm brilliant. This is well, great. One thing I did want to say about the Packers was like, for me, I was about to go to bed at halftime, and then they're like, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers is coming back out. Looks like he's gonna play." And I was like, "Oh, well, let's tune in and see what happens." And the next thing you know, you watch the rest of the game. Yeah, I was the same way. I said, first drive, all right, they got a field goal, okay, we'll see one more. Then they get the touchdown, I'm like, okay, I got to watch one more. Next thing you know, we get another touchdown, now it gets interesting. Next thing you know, I'm half asleep driving to work, I almost getting 16 car accidents. But anyways, Kaepernick, Nike. Oh, boy. Josh, let's hear it. All right. So we're going to start with this whole taking a knee thing. So I guess my take on it, at least, is that the whole thing is a little bit silly. Like, everyone paying so much attention to it. Like, or giving him credit. Like, the whole ad was, like, you know, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. I was going to piggyback on that later. So Joe and I were talking about this earlier. And, like, what did the dude actually sacrifice? Like, his career was going down when he started doing this the dude gave thing. himself That's, an extra I don't have year a, yeah. so okay, it's genius marketing because nike stocks through the roof and their sales are way up like right. i get the marketing but i don't like the slogan i don't like there's other posters i don't like the slogan on either like odell beckham's on his thing it's like uh play like a super bowl champion even if you haven't won one or whatever <laughs> it's like that's the dumbest shit i've ever heard most people try harder pre-super bowl you know how many yeah. like slumps are after a super bowl you ever heard of a super bowl slump you know what i mean but no i don't get where they got off saying sacrifice everything right like the dude's yeah. worth is like net worth is like like over 100 million or something like yeah, that and he's just making more on this and like i don't know what he sacrificed like it, the guy got benched for blaine gabbert and was about to be cut and then started kneeling and people started talking about him and then there was all this talk about well if the 49ers cut him it's because he's kneeling so they just didn't cut him 
because of that. And then he literally renegotiated his own deal to take a year off of it so only so he'd be a free agent at the end of the year. Came out and said, I want a guaranteed starter job and I want to make this much money. And teams went, yeah, fuck you. You're not worth that much money. Sorry. And we... And everybody competes for their job every day in the NFL. You don't get to be a guaranteed starter unless you're yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I just – there's so many other slogans you could have put on there. Like I like what they did because it is like a slap. Like right now the country – kind of a left movement going with the whole Trump thing, which we're not getting into the politics of it all. But, you know, they're capitalizing on the moment. What Nike's doing, they don't give a shit about Kaepernick. They care about two things, money. dollar signs. You know what I'm saying? All dollar, money. dollar bills. So they're capitalizing. You just got to put a different slogan. I would be like – Amen. I'm for the capitalism of it all. I what's, get it. What's funny is they try to ask other athletes what they thought about the commercial and everything, what they thought about the ad, and it's it's funny that the other athletes don't want any anything to do with the controversy of what what Kaepernick's involved in. But but what their response was, LeBron said, "I think it's a great ad." He stay or he, he still stands by Nike. He doesn't stand by Kaepernick. He didn't say anything about Kaepernick. And then Tiger Woods said he thought it was a wonderful ad. That was it. They they're standing by Nike, who's also their sponsors. Right, so they're not going to lose their their income, but they didn't want to mention Kaepernick. They didn't say, "Oh, Kaepernick's doing a great thing." Kaepernick's like, "Like, dude, it's it's a business move. Um, they're they're using Kaepernick in the right way." But yeah, Kaepernick. They could have gone that, with that, the old that, classic, like stand for something. Well, I couldn't say stand for joke. something, obviously, but like stand up for what you believe. I don't know what you're going to say, but yeah, you know, it's like joke. stand up. If they would have put like stand up for what you believe in, even if it means being hated. That, I would have been totally great with that. I mean, the, sac- the sacrificing everything is what I don't like because yeah. he gave up everything. No, dude, there's just only one job in this world that you can pay the ultimate sacrifice for. Well, I guess presidents get assassinated, but technically they're the chief of staff, so they are in the military, I guess, kind of. But, yeah. like, and we're sitting on two people that literally signed a piece of paper that said I can get, take one in the chest for their fucking country. You know what I mean? Something I would never do. You know what I mean? I don't walk on the street on night. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking lights on in the car. You know, drive fast through <laughs> the hood. You know what I'm saying? Oh Dude, yeah. I, well, the biggest thing for me with this is like, why didn't Kaepernick do this from the beginning? Right? Why didn't in his in his position, uh, a quarterback in the NFL with money? When he uh, was about to play in a Super Bowl, he could have he and, and all these issues going on. If he caught. wanted to make, right. if he wanted to make a statement, why did he seek out a sponsor like this and put his face in the spotlight to to do to say something about that? And 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 honestly, that's what I don't like about Kaepernick is that probably would have required work and effort. And what he decided to do was a belligerent act. And while yes, he's not violating the First Amendment and all this other stuff. It's it's the well, fact that they can fire him for it because there's no first yeah, amendment. Yeah, that's the one that they. Wait, 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 okay, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Like that's, the government, dude. I get it. Like that, that's the technicality of it. But what everyone's argument is he can do whatever he wants because it's the first amendment to America. But but the thing is the whole, the whole the whole purpose behind that is that we we get we get to speak up without being a belligerent asshole, right? It's a country where we can speak up and not you know speak up and make change without getting assassinated. But at the same time, you don't try to celebrate it by being a belligerent asshole, right? You don't you don't offend other people on your way of doing it, and yeah, I think I, th- I think people misinterpret that, and they, and they and they sit there and say, "Well, he did nothing wrong. He did nothing." It's like, dude, I get what you're saying, but it was also a dickhead move. But he's also you know doing I mean? it at his job. Yeah, like there's there's right. ways you can do it. Right. What's his face, Malcolm Jenkins? I don't know if he's taking a knee, obviously, but he wears shirts that like say something, like have a message on them. You know what I mean? Or like LeBron, or like the Clippers when they um. 
were pissed at Donald Sterling and they all put all their Clipper shit inside out and put their warmths in the center of the court. That's a protest I can get behind. You know what I mean? His protest is almost lazy. Like, it's fucking lazy. Like, you yeah. could have put effort into something and actually made a change in the world, but, like... Yeah, and then you have, like, uh, they say the reason why he did it because he was sitting on the bench and then some Green Beret told him, oh, we take a knee upon, with our fallen soldiers so you should knee, and that's still respectful. And, like, is that, that's great that that's what one Green Beret thinks, but that's called man-who evidence. That's not... That's not causation or correlation. It proves nothing. You know what I mean? What you'd have to do is poll the entire military. Well, actually, you'd use a formula to figure out. It'd probably be about roughly 15,000 people you'd have to poll in our entire military. And then you could find out if they like Kaepernick or not. My guess is they don't. I'm going to be honest with you. No, no, for the most part, for most people I've talked to in the military, it's not the most positive opinion. I think part of it, too, is because we have to make a distinction between our personal lives and our work lives, which is, for me, the part that I don't agree with. Like, as a free American, sure, he can do that, but he's representing the NFL and his team, and he's out there. Yeah, for God's sake, people. the NFL shield is the American flag. Right. Jesus. Oh, I know. I know. So, I mean, you know, it is yeah. what it is. I don't want to spend too much time on Kaepernick, man. He's a bum. Yeah, man. to me, at the end of the day, it always boils down to it's at his job. Like when people complain, like oh they're violent, they're they're impending on his first or infringing on his first amendment, I'm like you don't have a first amendment right at your job unless you work for the fucking government, and he doesn't work for the government. He works for a privately owned company. At the end of the day, at, what, like in the last election, they literally said at my work, nobody put up political signs. People violated that, and I was they just got walking around yelling cheesy gordita Trump for like three months. But no, I, would, I wasn't really talking about the whole kneeling thing. Obviously, we've already gone over that. We don't like it in the pocket. I was just talking about the campaign in general. It's a genius economic move, but people who are getting behind it, like as a political movement, Nike doesn't care. If anything, they probably give money to both sides so they can keep their cheap labor coming in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, it's, what it's, drives rubber down? Yeah, and, I think yeah. I think what people need to understand it with with the uh, the Nike aspect of it, it, they're just looking to make money. Also, I'm I'm not Duh. burning anything I own. Nike, I still. Res- Respect Nike's I don't brand. buy shit it. based on their political stances. I buy shit on whether or not I fucking like it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. Let's uh, I don't know, do, do our predictions and get to college football. Let's, let's do our predictions. The Lions and the the Packers. Let's go. Uh, I got San Fran twenty one, Lions seventeen. Closer game, but Jimmy G pulls it out. Mm-hmm. I got uh, San Fran forty two, Lions twenty one. Cheese oh pizza. What do you got, Josh? 28-3, and three, San Fran over Lions. Oh, okay. I'm, come blow out from Ohio. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the outlier here, and I'm going to say the Lions uh, pull one out in San Francisco, get back on track. I think I think Jimmy Garoppolo has been hanging out with too many porn stars, uh, and I think the Lions are going to go in there and win a close one, 24-17. Oh, yeah, just if you're listening at home, the spread on this game is – Five or six points, depending on where you're looking at, in favor of San Francisco. All right, let's get to Green Bay Vikings tomorrow. Um, This is a tough one for me because I obviously want to pick the Packers, but they haven't had very good luck against the Vikings. uh, Mike Zimmer kind of has Rodgers' numbers. He's going to be hurt. They just came off an emotional win. They're going to have a letdown at home. I got 24-10 Vikings. I'm going with your uh, good old boy, Captain Kirk, here. I'm going uh, 35-21 Vikings. Say uh, twenty four twenty one Vikings. Man, my guys be the only one on these things all the time. So I, I where's it at again? 
Green Bay. Oh, it's in Green Bay? Oh, shit. Okay, so... <laughs> shit! Uh, Green Bay, they're going to take this 27-14 to 14 at home. Green Bay wins. I think I think uh, Minnesota's offense struggled a little bit more than they should have against 49ers, and Especially now, the now they got to go on the road. Not gonna have that home crowd behind them, and I, I think I think the Packers got a little something up their sleeve. Little revenge game. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Uh, now to college football. We're gonna start with the only undefeated team left of our three teams: Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. Um, got one today. Win. Squeaked one out versus Vanderbilt, but a win's a win. College football is tough. I think they looked good against Michigan. They looked real tough up front. I wish we could have done a show for that one. You know, I lost fifty dollars on Michigan that freaking day. Cocks. But um, yeah. Uh, it is what it is, Joe. Take it away. And the Irish, the Irish, the thing with them is they play their competition, man. So you know, Michigan came in, they played up to to Michigan. When Ball State and Vanderbilt came to Notre Dame, they they played to Ball State and Vanderbilt, man. And uh, hopefully they can raise that game because now they're going on the road to Wake Forest next week, and that should be another win in the in the W column. But uh, oh, you're gonna put a win in the W column, Joe? Yeah, come on, man. That's what that's what I would. It do. has been a long break. Yeah. So I, you know, I would. Uh, I would hope that that Notre Dame can go on the road and, and get one in Wake Forest, but the way they're playing right now, if they if they play the way they've been playing at home in Wake Forest, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty brutal for them. So they they better wake up and understand that you know the the, the powder puff teams are gonna run out pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. I think they looked really good. The thing is, Notre Dame's always solid, but they don't have what it takes to uh, take it to the next step. They just don't. I don't think they have. You know, Wimbush and the, the throw he made against Michigan, I know what, when they see the camera angle from the right view, he saw the receiver burn his uh, man coverage, but there's no way he saw that safety over the top or he wouldn't throw that ball unless Brian Kelly just told him, fuck it, it's pretty much a punt anyways. So I think they're going to be all right. I think they're solid 10-2 and two year. I like them. Probably yeah. drop too. I, I, I like them too, man. I mean, really the rest of the schedule isn't crazy daunting. They got Stanford at home. And they have uh, they have Florida State at home. Um, I think they're toughest. Florida games. State just lost to Syracuse today by a lot. Yeah, they're garbage. So really, their toughest games Straight are at, at USC and at Virginia Tech. To be honest, piling with you. hot, stinky trash. But yeah, so I mean, college football. Unless you're in the national championship picture, there's not all that much to say about it right now. You know what I mean? It's early in the season. Two of our teams are one and one. One of them's two and one. You got undefeated Notre Dame, but it's too early to tell. They could turn it on and run the table. I just don't see it in them. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the good thing for Michigan State and Michigan is they have the Big Ten Championship. And, and really, um, you know, I don't, I don't see Ohio State and Penn State running the table all the way to that. So they have a very, very tough division with uh, with a couple other teams. Um, as a matter of fact, we're, we're talking about Ohio State right now. They're down four points to TCU. Um, really, what, what it comes down to is, is can Michigan – or Michigan State, pull out the big wins against Penn State and Ohio State. Yeah, we'll do another show, or at least something. If we're putting this on YouTube, me and Tony will do something for Michigan, Michigan State week, you know, big brother, little brother type thing. But it's going to be exciting. Yeah, big brother, little brother. It's going to be an exciting season in college football. But, I mean, I think we kind of talked about this before. My passion as a fan, you know, I've been out of state for six years. I love them. I'll root for them in every game. I feel it for like 15 minutes till they lose now. But it's like those are kids out there, you know what I mean? I got yeah. 10 years on some of them, dude. Like, I got a cramp in basketball this last Wednesday, and I thought I was dead. You know? <laughs> how much? How critical can you be of these people? You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I get it. I get it once they make millions. Today. I get the NFL, and I actually like. I used to like college better because of the passion, but now I like the NFL better because of the play. As I'm getting older, I just like watching the games, chilling back with a nice cold one, like we are now, kind of doing this podcast. But good for Notre Dame. Switch to U of M. Yeah, I mean, they didn't cover the spread today against SMU, but they still pulled out the win. There was a couple of drives there I thought the refs kind of kept alive. I mean, how do you call a pass interference when the pass is five yards out of bounds? But whatever. They got the win. They won last week as well. I mean, they didn't look great against Notre Dame, so... It's one of those... That's the weird MO about Michigan that I was talking with my friend Vijay, who will be on the show sometime about. It's like, Michigan blows out every shitty team they play. It's like, what I wish Michigan State would do instead of let them hang around. That's how Michigan State dropped the game to Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah. same thing with Notre Dame. I wish, I so, wish they would do what Michigan Yeah, Michigan, but then every time they're in a big game, they look like absolute garbage. Yeah. Like, they looked like they should have been in the same field as Notre Dame. I wouldn't say they look like absolute garbage. I would would they say, score seven offensive points with the Shavier? What I was going to say was that they make bad choices, it seems, when they're out there on the field. When they're playing good competition, it seems like they're playing scared out there. Like, there was times in that Notre Dame game where our cornerbacks were in a better position than the receiver. And, it's, and they were trying to go for the pick and trying to like make sure the ball stayed in their hands instead of just batting it down to make sure the receiver couldn't catch it on like a third and ten. And then you're giving up a first down because you let the receiver catch it because you had it in your hands and the receiver just pulls it out of your fucking hands. Like, bat that ball down, make him punt it, you get the ball that way. Don't- That's all coaching, though, dude. That's, like, the whole thing is, like, I get that Harbaugh's a good coach and he's solid, but for the amount of money he makes, he's yeah. got to produce more wins. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just saying that as, like, a hater of the U of M University, especially with the grads and across from me, they could probably rip my arms off and beat me to death with them, so... Not gonna it's, talk too much trash, but it's I mean, Harbaugh oh, no, won ten games his first two years, though he's not a bad coach. But well, for no, how he's much? also paid him. Ten Holy games cow. is not the. St- if you hire Harbaugh to win ten games, you might as well have kept Lloyd Carr. You could have kept Rich Rod for ten games. You hired somebody to bring you multiple national championships. You hired what was supposed to be your Nick Saban. I'm just saying, in this day and age, winning ten games in a season in college football. Well, if ten is games hard. is good. Then crown D'Antonio the king of fucking England. Okay, I'm just saying it's good. It's not great, but it's good. Yeah, I, I just okay. It's, it's good if you're making three million dollars, not if you're making nine. It's curious right. to me though. When he was at Stanford, he was winning big games at Stanford. I mean, he was beating the shit out of USC. They would they would beat Oregon. Uh, they were they were winning big games out in the Pac-12. And that, that's back when USC was a powerhouse, dude. Yeah, they had that huge upset. It's been since uh, surpassed by a UNLV loss to somebody, but it was the biggest point spread upset ever, and it was before Luck was there with Jim Harwell. But the Pac-12 doesn't play a lot of defense. He brings that run-heavy style. It's like a different combination. His style, he's essentially bringing the Big Ten to the Big Ten. He's not surprising anybody. Well, it's, 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 I mean, it's true. That, that's true. But, I mean, USC was... Very good back, and there, there, yeah, they there were weren't any Big number, Ten. They were ranked number one. There wasn't any Big there, wasn't any the big ten, there wasn't any Big Ten teams uh, beating USC back then. Yeah, so. it's always Same. easier to chase than be chased, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's why I like moving to Michigan State. Kind of as a tra- transition, we're doing them all together. Kind of. I think I said before the season they're not going to have that great of a year. I think last year they snuck up on people. This year they got their number. Next year is probably going to be the year they blossom. The good news is Lewerke is going to stay. The bad news is we're probably going to suffer through like 8-4 and four this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Arizona State, they just need to score more points. They didn't, and they blew it on the last drive. You know? 
Yeah, that was an odd game. There's there some odd there's some odd I mean, the truth is, I was in Chicago. I went to a concert. I got to see like two quarters between walking through bars, so I can't really talk that much about it. But I saw like the I saw Arizona State under ten when we got back to the hotel room before we went back out to the bar, and I was pretty hammered. So, I mean, I know I know what the cl- classic thing happened. No, D'Antonio played trestle ball. It was like all we needed thirteen points to win. We got our yeah. defense and it didn't work out. Yeah, tough, yeah, tough game for them. I mean, just kind of quick back to my. 10 wins like when you when i looked at michigan's schedule before the season as a michigan fan i'm like notre game notre dame first week we also have to play penn state wisconsin michigan state ohio state who are all ranked that's five of our 12 games are against ranked teams so to win 10 games when you throw in the 13th game of a bowl game you still have to win two of those games congratulations tony like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you have to yeah. win two games against ranked teams to get ten wins. Yeah, in the big. Uh, well, 10 hopefully anymore. they come to Michigan because Michigan hasn't won a road game against a ranked opponent since '06. I couldn't believe that stat when I heard it. When they said that after the Notre Dame game, that I was like, insane. "What the fuck are they?" '06, dude. Yeah, it's like it's like someone's like pissing in their oatmeal all the time, and then they go on the road. Like the teams that serve them food are just yeah, like. I, <laughs> I put want, rat poison in the I cereal, want baby. Old Jimmy H not to work out. I hope for that. I don't think he's that bad of a coach. I think he's going to turn the program around still. But it's like, at what point are you like, where are the results? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Well, you also have to look at, I think we have probably three or four of the best coaches in college football. Maybe five now that Scott Frost at Nebraska, even though they look You great. can't give Scott Frost anything until he does something at a major program. But, but yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I mean, they, Urban they, Meyer, they smashed Mark D'Antonio is good, no matter what people want to say about him. He turned around Michigan State. He's good. They smashed Auburn, though. James Franklin is fucking good, too, at Penn State. Yeah, he's I'm good. on the fence, but yeah. And also, you got Kirk Ferentz at Ohio, who you know. Iowa. Oh, yeah, Iowa. Sorry, I'm fucking drunk already. <laughs> Told but, you, talents of a four-year-old. <laughs> Don't give your four-year-olds alcohol. We do not support that. But I'm just saying, it's one of those things where you look at these coaches and you know they're going to have good teams year in and year out because they're good enough coaches where I think a lot of these other conferences, teams go up and down based on whether or not they have good players where even if you don't have the best players in the Big Ten, they're still going to put a good team on the field. Yeah, we do have some really solid coaches. They're talking about, though, with Wisconsin losing, that maybe the Big Ten was overhyped at the beginning of the season. You know, we had five ranked teams and all that. Wisconsin lost today. Michigan State looked horrible against Arizona State. Ohio State looks like shit right now versus TCU. As I'm watching this, giving up a huge run. You know, kind of is what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're recording this while watching football and drinking, so (laughs) enjoy. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Big Ten is There's only one way to bring the show back for the third season, boys. Got to have some sports on. Got to have some booze. Well, the best way to do it was Drunk to be with a blow-up Frank doll. A fat head of Frank. You know what I mean? You say cut him out? I said a fat head of Frank because we're missing him so much. Oh, yeah. We, we, need, we need to put him Shout out to my real Africans. Wall. But, uh... Wow. <laughs> um, is that all we got in college football? Who do we think is winning the natty this year? I think Bama's going to run away with it, honestly, with the quarterback that can throw. Dude, that Tua at Alabama is just so good. Dude, he's I was watching a little good. bit and of And he's that. just surrounded by nothing but talent, dude. Yeah, they, I mean... Nick Saban got sick of having those uh, game manager quarterbacks that like would throw the random pick that might cost him a game. So he went to a quarterback that couldn't throw in Jalen Hurts, won a national championship. He lost. 
He comes back the next year. He's down at Georgia. I still can't believe that ball. He throws a freshman out there, and now they have a quarterback that can throw. Saban was – I'll flip it. I'll take one that can throw now. You Shit. Got, you got sick of those other guys. So he went and got a five-star quarterback. Yeah, that's a good call. You know, I mean, Mississippi usually plays Alabama pretty close. I was watching a little bit of that game earlier, and two was just dropping passes in there for Alabama Yeah, he's for got touchdowns. a hell of an arm, dude, and he's yeah, throwing the guy, a, the guy is sick. I mean, I'm watching a lot of the top teams play, and Alabama looks scary as fuck. Dude, yeah. that, 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 that throw he threw in overtime of the national championship as a freshman, his first game he's ever played. Uh, put in the turkey hole. You can't you can't put it any better yeah. than that. Well, the thing is, like, people want to well, say... How are you gonna, he's a freshman in the <laughs> national championship. Was that third and 17? Yeah. Dude, it was <laughs> okay, the thing is... Overtime, the national championship. He's... He can't even drink legally, Tony. Tony Tony's losing the people already. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, everybody wants to say that it's, like, the first game he played. But he actually played a lot. A lot of games in high school? No, he played a lot that season in cleanup. Tony, you could play quarterback for Bama in cleanup. Hand up. <laughs> Hand up. Yeah, Hand all, up. all I'm doing in cleanup time is giving it to the five-star no, running I mean, back. He was throwing passes. And I thought a few of those passes were ones where he got lucky on. There was one that definitely was intended for a different receiver who was heavily covered, and Calvin Ridley just jumped up and snatched it out of the fucking air. One of the greatest comebacks in football history, and Tony doesn't think it's good. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just saying that, like, I Ta- think he hey, got overhyped from that. Ten game. wins is good. Win a national championship, no good. <laughs> that, next, team, next time I see someone come up and clean up Tom, and be like, yeah, that guy's going to win the national championship right there. He's, he's getting his experience in cleanup time. Well, I'm just saying he's had experience against college level competition before that. Well, yeah, and some of those passes. We get that. I'm just pa- saying. At least one of his touchdown passes did not go to the attended receiver. Uh, I get that, dude. I'm just saying, like that throw okay, was perfect. Yeah, the, um, throw he, the throw he threw to win that game was a while we're on the Bama topic. That was. This is something I need to thank you. Arguing that. Thank you. That. There we go. Something I want to put down for. Permit. I disagree with you people slightly, and everybody jumps on my fucking back. All right, so well, yeah. just in case I get hit by a bus, I need you guys to have video record of this so you can play it at my funeral. <laughs> like, everybody talks about it's Bama. It's audio, like, no, not video. All the big networks, oh, Bama doesn't cheat. They don't have to. They're good. Bama cheats, okay? People are just the best at it. You know what I mean? They all do it. Bama's just the best. They got some creepy-ass old accountant somewhere that has all the books. But, like, for like, example, and what's it? Bama an ex- literally got caught cheating by the NCAA, and the NCAA didn't punish him. Tony, can I finish? How much can I finish? Can I finish? No. Anyways, Clearly. HaHa Clint Dix, Packers safety from Florida. Should have definitely gone to Florida State. Florida State fan his whole life. They gave his church $300,000. Oh, yeah. $300,000 oh, yeah. to his church. And that's not cheating. Dude, I'll tell All you right. what. Just don't give me. I like Bama. I like Juggernauts. You know what I'm saying? But don't give me the spiel that Saban's so good. He's out there. He's working harder than us. They show the picture after a pick six. He's like frustrated with his defense. Yeah, dude. Great. It's a good clip. But they cheat. It's fine. I like it. I like cheating. Now, I'll tell you what. You know, remember that guy, that movie, The Untouchables with Kevin Costner? It was about Al Capone. Yeah. And they had to find the, the ledger. That, that, yeah. was, that was the thing. Once they got the ledger, they, it they was got over. Al Capone. And they got there's, him on tax. There's a guy. There's, it's not that, Tombstone. What movie is that? Alabama. Alabama. He just said it. Yeah. Alabama has that ledger guy. I'm drunk guy. and I heard it. Alabama's got that ledger guy. And the NCAA has been after him with Kevin Costner for years. And they just still haven't got him yet. Yeah. Well, no. They had Bama dead to rights on an academic cheating scandal. Like they had at UNC. And they went, well, it's so widespread, we can't punish the football team. But we're going to punish the women's field hockey team for it. 
Yeah. Because they know how much money. Oh, Alabama. women's field hockey. That makes me think. Of, you remember back one of the last episodes we did was about the Michigan State scandal and how Izzo and D'Antonio were culpable. And Tony <laughs> had his big old speech about how they were all this wrongdoing. Guess what? They were cleared by the NCAA and the feds. I I was right. Tony was wrong. D'Antonio and Izzo had nothing to do with it. Suck it. No, I said it needed to be investigated is what I said. And you're like, no, they don't need to be investigated. Which, that's how the Larry Nash thing happened. People fucking burying their heads in the sand. And there's more people getting fired over Larry Nash. still, motherfucker. I'm about to have to give you the mute button, bro. I was right. You were wrong. Tony's getting excited now. All right, let's move to something to get Joey excited. And so I can tune out for a minute. Red Wings. My Red Wings. He shoots. He scores. Um, Oh, yeah. Zetterberg's gone. Yeah, so. I originally called that. Thank you, Tony. I'm seriously about to meet chat, you, man. You know it. We're trying to do a show here. Nobody cares. No. So the big, big thing here. I mean, where do, where do we want to start? Honestly, I don't, I don't even know. Where let's start. start in, There's just so much to talk about. Let's do it. First of all, we got about 15 minutes. Second of all, we're gonna start. Let's go chronological order. Holy shit! We have been recording for like 50 minutes already. Tony, I swear to God, <laughs> like the people listening wouldn't know it's been 15 minutes. They've been listening for 50 minutes. Anyways, let's go chronological order. Okay. Draft. Stevie Y leaving the Lightning. Z retiring. Who's going to be your next captain? Bang, bang, bang. Okay, so draft. Big draft. Very, very big draft. And I think some teams are going to regret passing up on Philip Sedina, honestly. And, and, and then that, to make matters even better for the Red Wings, uh, Joe Valeno, who should have definitely been a, uh, uh, you know, a number 10, uh, anywhere between a 10 to 15 pick. And we picked around, I think, uh, 30. Yeah, it was the second to last pick in the first round. We got Joe Valeno, who's been lighting it up as, as you know as far as the prospects room goes and everything. And then on top of that, a guy who should have gone in the first round, Jonathan Ber- uh, Bredrin, uh, Swedish forward. We got him. And then a defenseman that should have went in the first round, we got Jerry McIsaac. All of those guys are doing very, very well right now on their path to the NHL. Uh, really, the realistically, the only one who's, who could make it this year is, is Sedina. And he's doing awesome in camp right now. And then... To to include uh, last year's first round pick, Michael Rasmussen, he he'll probably be on the team for sure. Okay, so um, I want to kind of almost interview you on this. So everybody says Zadina should have been picked higher. What did we pick? Sixth or tenth? We picked six. So sixth. Yeah. What was the reason he felt? Did other teams not like him, or did they have other needs they addressed, or did they just feel you know what I'm saying? When somebody falls, two things happen: they're actually bad, or teams just miss the boat. So he he's a winger. And the teams before us picked centers. So they all wanted centers. So the, the top winger in the draft was Andre Smestikov, Evgeny's brother. Uh, Evgeny plays for us. Um, and- Andre Smestikov got picked second. And he was seen as like the top winger bar none. And I mean, he's, he's very, very good. Um, and then the best defenseman got picked first because uh, he he's a freak. And he's going to probably help the Buffalo Sabres win a Stanley Cup. Um and then after that, I mean, really, really, Montreal just wanted this this Finnish uh, center, and they they like him because he's playing in the adult league over there already as a, as a seventeen eighteen year old. And then there's another guy uh, who the Coyotes picked up, uh, who I honestly don't even know who he is. Like I, I didn't I didn't see him on any mock drafts going that high. I, I I didn't see this kid going higher than ten on any mock drafts. And then there was uh oh um to Chuck his his uh, younger son got picked by the centers at, at four. So and he's and he's a center as well. He's an American. So okay. So give me a percent chance for the people that Sedina doesn't work out as a an NHL player. That he does not work. Does out? Does not work out. Like give me the 
nine percent. What do you oh, think? He's at eighty percent. He's gonna be a star. Give me where he falls and chances of you know what I'm saying. Break it down for me. I mean percentages. I, I don't know. I I have a good feeling he's gonna be a star. Good feeling. Yeah. I mean he he should he should have been a top three pick. I mean there is no in no world did did I think the Red Wings would get Philip Sedina. I, I thought they were getting See, Everybody was so excited, especially here. But, you know, we get, like, the red wave of media. They're not going to say anything bad about No, him. no. I mean, dude, I mean, I've, I've talked to people. There, there's a couple guys I know who are really into hockey out, out uh, down in Texas, believe it or not. And they they told me after that weekend, they're like, man, I really like the Red Wings draft. I mean, that is unreal. So, I mean, there, there are people who not are not necessarily Red Wings fans that looked at our draft and said, hey, man, like, that was, that was pretty, pretty badass. Okay, so next question. How long do you think it takes all these guys to get up? You know, since we're the team that always keeps the old guys and never brings up our young guys. Uh, it's it's a changing of the of the of the times though. Here's the thing is the, all the, all those older guys were, were pretty good players. So it wasn't like we were just like saying, Hey, do let's do the whole veteran thing and all that. But uh really really what it came out to be was uh you know, now now that there's a changing of the guard here, Z's gone, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, some of these older guys are, are not as proficient as they used to be. And um, and now what was happening is uh, these younger guys are ready to go a lot quicker. So I think we see Rasmussen and uh, and Zadina come up this year. I just think Zadina's too good. And then on defense, uh, I think there's a guy, Philip Runnick, who, who's been, he's been grooming for a couple of years, and he needed to because he needs some size. Uh, I think he comes up this year as well. So the thing you have to remember about hockey is – they don't get drafted like football players. Football players are very yeah. much physically mature by the time they graduate college. They're 21, 22 years old. Hockey players are getting drafted 18. And the NHL is still very a very physical league. So you, you kind of, a lot of these times you have to give three or four years to, to get bigger and stronger. So that way when they're coming out, it's like they're coming out of college. You know, like like NFL. Yeah, it's because hockey's so diverse. There's so many different leagues. There's so many places you can find these guys. It's not like there's just one. You know, there's not. The NFL pretty much picks from NCAA football. You know, and the lifespan in the NFL is so short, it's like, you know, but they have to play when they get there. You can't sit on the bench for two seasons. Your career is going to be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that concerns me is the Wings' MO. Jerry's kind of already mentioned this, is that they don't bring guys up right away and they let them sit in the minors. And usually some of their best, like they'll develop in the minors somewhat and then they plateau when they could still be developing. And then when we bring them up, they've already reached their peak. Because they're at an age where they aren't going to develop as much anymore because they're basically yeah. in their prime. Well, the biggest problem is we were just not we were not getting top ten picks all those years. I mean, those the last two years or the first two years in a long time we've had top ten picks. But I do agree. I everything you've seen is Zadina supposed to be the truth. So yeah, I mean he's been he's been killing trial it, by man. fire, man. Trial he's by fire. He's been killing it. Rasmussen, I think last year, I know it's junior hockey. But the guy had the guy was averaging over two points a game in the playoffs. I mean that that's that's you know for any league the playoffs obviously is the better teams that going up head to head and Zadina was lighting them up. Yeah, bad. but it's like I you know and he's big. We've been hearing about Wings prospects forever, but since like Dadsu and Zetterberg, they really haven't had top talent, but they haven't had the draft picks to get them. You know, yeah. so we'll see what happens. I'm. I think it was a good draft. I haven't heard anything bad about the Wings drafts. I just actually want to see the guys play. And when I flip to a Red Wings game mid-October, mid-November when they start, just wanted to be competitive. Yeah. Well, the thing that got me this past season, which we weren't doing shows then, was at the end of the year when a bunch of our veterans were hurt, we brought up the young guys. And when we brought up the young guys, we were winning games and the young guys were looking good. 
And then we went out and signed more veterans in free agency, which I wanted to see the young guys. Let them play in the NHL. Let them see what it's like to play 82 fucking games against NHL talent and see what they can do. Yeah, I mean, realistically, though, we only really got Vanek and Bernier. And Bernier's like just a... He's, I mean, he's a goalie. A we, need, name, we needed dude. a goalie, dude. We did need a goalie. But. We needed a goalie. I mean, and Vanek, I, Vanek was the whole... Which we're going to get into, Zetterberg. Um, we got Vanek, so there's some veteran presence and some leadership and goal-scoring ability. He can help out... Uh, with the younger guys, and you know. he can have trade value at the deadline again. Like and and if time. and if we get injuries, I mean, I mean, let's face it. If we if we catch the injury bug, like, dude, I, I can't I can't just sit there and watch like a bunch of AHL players on the roster. You know what I'm saying? So we got to have a little depth. Yeah, for sure. So Josh, you're about to marry into the Krasik family. You know, Papa Bear, Mr. Andrew Krasik, is a pretty big Wings fan, and so is Joey. Oh, and yeah. Josh, jump over the train. You're going to root for the Blackhawks. Oh no, no, it'll be. <laughs> Red Wings for sure. All right, uh, <laughs> that's good. Jones <laughs> no, to kill you. I wouldn't dare. Good job. <laughs> and, and so, well, let's talk about Z's re- retirement or early retirement here. I let's mean, it's not so much of a retirement because he's going to be on LTIR. But, um, man, you know, to me, it's it's a, it's a big shocker. Um, I mean, maybe not that big of a shocker, but it just sucks that he's got to go out like this. You know, he, didn't, he doesn't get to ride into the wind like Lidstrom did, uh, where he just got to play out his contract. And be out at forty, you know what I mean? It kind of yeah. sucks because Zetterberg was still putting up points, and he was. And had, he was the only veteran producing last year. He, he was the only veteran producing, and and think about if Z had talent around him. So if if Zetterberg was on a team like Washington, he's got to have a lot more points. I mean, he gave us a lot, man. I like him. A yeah. pro Heinrich, he's got a great beard, a beard I admire. Yeah. yeah, I love Z. He was that guy who when we had when I looked at the stats, I think it was towards the end of last year. It was like. Great job. A bunch of young guys and Z. And then you see all these veterans play way more games than guys who weren't producing shit early in the year. And you're like, great. That's why we suck this year. Z was the glue holding the team together, I think. And we need to get another good captain out there, which I think going to Larkin will be a good thing. Larkin had a great season last year. And with Z, it's one of those where... From the rumors that have been out there, he hasn't been medically medically cleared to play since he had back surgery, but he said, fuck you, I'm going to play through this anyway, and he's just gotten to the point where his back is so gone, he can't play anymore. Yeah, we don't really deal with rumors here on RSF, just we don't really support rumors, but yeah, I mean, he gave us everything he had, he literally can't play medically. I don't, I mean, I love yeah, the guy, I mean, great, I, he was amazing against the Penguins, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's great back when we were in the Western Conference. Won the Conn Smythe. He was weren't that the first like Sweden first time the one he got a gold medal didn't he Yeah yeah he's got was a gold the medal. first European team to win a gold medal um, Oh Czechoslovakia won with Hashik back in the day No yeah yeah uh, so he was the first European captain or something like that he has the first for Wait, Europe. No, Lids- dude, Lidstrom was the first European the Olympics European dude Russia Russia's won like a million gold medals They're in, in Asia dude Yeah oh, Well okay. aren't they both Technically they're, they're both. both but they're mostly they're Asia <laughs> Mostly Asia but they, but most sports count them as part of Europe. Well, when they did it with it was the first time Sweden got a medal or something, I know there's a fact out there. I just don't know what it is, people. Okay, so I'll blow your mind next that, time. That Swedish team was ridiculous, though. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty insane. Yeah, dude. So, so really, um, man, I, I just I mean, we could talk about Zetterberg all night, just all his accomplishments and stuff. But I think, I think it's best to look kind of toward the future. Uh, the next big thing, and I think I really think it's still in Larkin. 
as the captain of the Red Wings. I think I think he deserves to see. Like Zetterberg, he's very involved in the community of Detroit. Uh, throughout the summer, I mean, the guy runs his own his own hockey camp, and he participates in two other hockey camps. And he's a big piece of putting together the USA hockey game uh, that was for Jim Johansson um, for, from the USA Hockey. They they had like a big All Star uh, game this summer up at Plymouth. Uh, really, really was you know Austin Matthews was there, Patrick Kane was there, all all the big American names, Ryan Suter. Um, and they all play in like a it's like a charity game, baby. Yeah, you know? yeah, I get what you're saying. But, but Larkin, Larkin was a big part of putting that together, and and I mean the guy is 22 years old, and the fact that he's doing that at that age, it shows a lot of maturity. It shows that he can he can be the face of a franchise um, because he's doing the right things off the ice as well as on the ice, and and his play uh, earned him a, a pretty good contract. The Wings invested five years in him, a lot of money. Six, I think it's six million a year. Um, for five years, and he is—he's uh, got to take the reins and go, dude. There's a lot of pressure to be captain, you know. There is, there is, but if I mean, if you're—I mean, are you guys, you guys put the both money to be down, officers, right? In military, because yeah. you went to Michigan, so you get both officers. Yeah. You know, it's like the lead people. You know, it's one thing to be a star when you don't expect it to lead. Somebody else is giving the orders. You know, it's another yeah. thing to have to be out there, keep team around when it needs to be, like rip on the young guys when they're not you know somebody who's your best buddy your roommate your drinking buddy now you gotta yell at them for going out drinking and you know last month you were drinking with them on game night you know that kind of thing i think larkin has what it takes to be a leader but those are big shoes to fill we're talking stevie y lindstrom and zetterberg don't forget stevie y was he's younger than Larkin. i know stevie y was a better player too he was but you know i think i think larkin's play on the ice um is proved that he can he can perform and lead by example as well as he can lead, you know, by by his act, you know his words in the locker room, and and maybe he doesn't talk much in the locker room, and that's okay. I don't, I don't think Lindstrom did very much. Yeah, that's Rogers isn't a very vocal leader. That's why he always lets yeah. like a defense guy do the speech and stuff. But he leads by uh, th- some like third string left tackle that made it through camp and then got cut. You know, cut week. Talked about how Rogers sat down with him his first first day there. Was like, yeah, learn the playbook. You'll have a chance to make it the team. He helped him with some reps. Talked to him about plays. You know, leadership. Isn't just yelling at your people, like doing the Jameis Winston before a game, firing people up. Leadership is being excellent in everything you do and also mentoring at the same time, being there for people. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to describe. It's and I, I really think Larkin showed that, man. I, I really think he showed, like I said, on the ice, on, off the ice. And, and don't forget, too, Larkin plays in every situation. Back in the day, Eiserman didn't necessarily do that. He didn't kill penalties. He didn't. He didn't play in those situations until Scotty Bowman came around. So Eisenman had about ten years in the league of being solely an offensive player and a guy that did nothing but but get after the net. The other net. thing is, what other option do the Wings have? You know, you can give it to Abdicator. No. Right. I mean, one thing for me, Cronwall I, for like one season, then he retires. Yeah, I mean, what's the point at that? You know, yeah. at that point, like, what is the point of giving the seat to somebody for one year? And and another thing, sorry, Tony, I know I know you got something to say, but real quick. Zetterberg has time left. He will be on LTIR. He will be around in the practice rink in the locker room. Larkin has a mentor in his back pocket pretty much for like another two to three years. Zetterberg will be there and can give him guidance along the way. And and I think I think that's going to help a lot. Go, sorry, Tony. Yeah, no, it's cool. What I was going to say was one thing with Larkin that I like is we always talk about Eisman. He is known as the captain. Larkin grew Pretty up. Pretty sure the captain is Derek Jeter, but yeah, go. Well, I mean, for the Wings, Eiserman is known as the captain, and Larkin grew up in the Detroit area watching Stevie Y as the captain. 
which is why I think that's going to help him. He's seen CVY. He's been around Z. He knows this team's history and how much this team means to this town. And that's why I think he should be the captain, and he is the perfect choice. And he had a great season. He's not one of those guys who, oh, I'm just a rah-rah guy in the locker room. He's out there on the ice putting in work night in, night out, doing the fucking job. And I, th- I think, too, Larkin, Larkin also said when he's trying to sign the contract, I mean, he was very positive and open about the process of, of, of signing the contract. You know, he said, hey, listen, like, it's taking a minute, but y'all need to realize it, it's summer. Like, Kenny's going to take a vacation. I'm going to take a vacation. My agent's going to take a vacation. Like, it's going to take a minute to sign. Like, I'm going to sign. He said, yeah. I'm going to sign. Don't worry about it. That's what it. Roger said all I, I, I want to be here. You know what I mean? Like, dude, that's that's the type of thing, though, I want my captain saying. I don't want him holding out on contract. I don't want to be like Johnny Tavares just leaving everybody hanging. Like, like Larkin was always very positive and very adamant. Like, dude, relax. I'm going to sign. It's going to get done. It's going to be great. We're all gonna be, we're all gonna be happy. Like, dude, it's cool. Like, I'm gonna deal with my hockey schools. I got this. I got this thing going on this summer. I gotta train. I gotta do hockey schools. I gotta take a little vacay. Kenny's gotta do his thing. He's gotta put the team together for the fall. He's gotta take his vacay. He's gotta do this. You know, see. So, dude, I think the very drama-free version of that as well is a, is a very mature way of approaching the game. And like I said, like, like, dude, Larkin is just he's so mature for his age, and he does so many things on the ice and off the ice. Uh, it, it's 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 an it's an obvious decision. I think the team wants it too. To be I, like I said, I think it's the only decision. But I think he's going to do okay. I don't. I'm not necessarily as confident as you two are about that he's just automatically going to succeed because when I watch him play, I don't think that necessarily plays there to be captain yet. But it's the only choice we have, so we'll see how it works out. So talking about confidence and predictions and things like that, and there's, Stevie Y, there's a little bit a little bit of. Crazy action going on the last couple of weeks. That wait, got, I thought we didn't deal with rumors on this show. That's got things a stirring. Well, this what, is this is true. What rumor that Stevie Y stepped down as general manager and is going to take an executive role in this last year, and he's moving back to Detroit to be with the closer to family. It's not a rumor, Tony. He said that. That's fact. But the but the rumor. Well, not well. I guess there really is no rumor. Right? The, the the speculation. We're going to speculate. That's the different. speculation is the better word. I'm sorry. The speculation is that. Steve Eisenman will be the GM of the Red Wings in, in a couple years. And this is this is my... Can I make a bold prediction? Can I do that? Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, fuck That yeah. was an aggressive way to say that, Tony. But yeah, Joe, just whatever. Now, now Tony's Your world, yelling we're at me in. to make a bold prediction. I guess I'll do one. Jeez, don't pull Show my arms thumb up my ass and call me yeah, Sally. Jesus Christ. So here we go. Uh, my, my bold prediction is Steve Eisenman does what he's doing. He does his senior exec role with, with the Lightning. Um, he, he finishes out his contract at Tampa Bay. Ken Holland's got one year left in Detroit. I think he comes to Detroit as a senior advisor slash exec or whatever in Detroit for one year while he's home. Uh, he then gets a chance to sit there with his little notebook, evaluate everything, work, work with Kenny Holland again, and then Kenny Holland retires at the end of his, his, his two-year contract. And Steve Eisman sit, you know, it's, it's basically a year-long left seat, right seat for Steve Eisman. Then he steps into the GM role of the Detroit Red Wings. And and honestly, that year could be a good year for Detroit because every single person on that organization is beyond notice. Yeah, I mean, they need a new strength coach. I think that he's just I'll come a calling. Put some really good teams together, and um, 
Yeah, no. With the, the Iserman thing. Yeah, sorry, I just got interrupted. Tony pointed at me to show that they're showing the Michigan SMU highlights, so I lost my train. No, I'm were, sorry, listener. No, they were talking about Josh Gordon's being released on Monday. That's what I was trying to point out. <laughs> the fuck I care about? Lay off the weed, man! The fuck I care about Josh Gordon, dude? He's <laughs> so bold! about the Red Wings and Tony... <laughs> I figured we might break some news on oh, this show. Oh, breaking Jesus news, Eastman. <laughs> Not only are you going to listen to this podcast tomorrow, Josh Gordon's going to be released in 14 weeks. For a little perspective for everybody back home listening to this, Jerry's talking about the Red Wings, and Tony points at the TV like there's some massive alert or massive thing going on. We all look, and then we but- look back at Jerry, and Jerry's like, Mind, what? You, mind you, what? I, can't, I can't see the ticker. I can literally. Joey is so yes. muscular. Him and Josh, I can see like a fucking gnat's eyelash. Tony's pointing at the ticker at the bottom of the screen that says Josh Gordon will be released on Monday. And J- I mean, the ticker is only there for what, like two seconds? Yeah, I, the truth is, I think Stevie Y made a great team in Tampa Bay and they couldn't get it done when they had a great chance. And I think that. Uh, I think he's actually just going to come home. I think he thinks he's coming just to relax, to retire, sit on the money, bang his smoking hot wife. I'm guessing she's hot. I don't know. Um, but then he's going to get that itch, the same itch that all great people get when they're sitting around doing nothing. That itch is going to two things. He's going to start snorting coke or he's going to be the GM of the wings. Okay? It's going to be a couple years, but it doesn't look like a coke to me. I don't think he's going to snort coke, but I – Dude, it's just it's just one of those situations where it's like there, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? Like like like, like what was it? Yeah, John, like John the, Gruden. The best example of this. John Gruden going to the Raiders. I mean, there's talk that, about talk. That was about. like ten years in the making. But, yeah, man. And I the mean, difference is John Gruden somehow got a, became a better coach as an analyst. But the best example is Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer had the problems in Florida. Stevie Y isn't getting like he's not going to get fired. Obviously, is it? Uh, GM of the Lightning, but he's not enjoying it anymore. He's not ha- fun. The way Urban was having I, I fun. I get what you're saying. It's not the same situation, yeah, but, but it's, it's parallel. It's, so then yeah. Urban takes a year off yeah. to be an analyst at ESPN. It's all about his family. He doesn't want to coach anymore. It's too much for well, him. Well, no, yeah, he yeah, had health issues, and then he got them under control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But meanwhile, you know, those people are plugged in. He knew Trestle was about to get canned. He knew oh, about yeah. the tattoo oh, scandal, yeah. and he, that's his dream job, Ohio State. That's where he was raised. That's what he wants to do. Steve Irishman's a smart man. He knows that if he steps down and goes, if he wants it, that Red Wings job is going to be there for him. So even if he doesn't, he's setting himself up so it's a play. He can sit on his ass, it, dude, hang out with his kids, grandkids, or he can have the job. He's it's setting literally, himself up. It's literally like the prodigal son returns type situation, man. Dude, I, mean, I, s- I saw a picture of him. I put him back on the ice, bro. <laughs> yeah, he looks healthy. He looks healthy. He looks healthy. Do you, you, know, you know who could... Everyone asks him at all the alumni games, Nick Lidstrom. They're like, they're like, man, you look like you could still play. He's like, no, no. But, man, uh, it's, good, it's good to see those guys take care of And Lidstrom's still in the organization, too. We have Lidstrom scouting in Sweden, and he still comes back around every once in a while to, to, um, to sit around with the front office in Detroit. Dude, he's uh, drinking Swedish beer, banging Swedish models, bro. He, doesn't, he ain't scouting or his, crap. Or his wife. Okay, wife, whatever. But uh, but I mean, he sells, Swedish. He sells a home in Detroit and everything too. So um, tax purposes. The, the the great the great thing you know, the is that so what we built in the in the late nineties, besides championships, was legacies and, and people that come back and and help this organization. And it really would it, man. I tell you what, people are people get frustrated with Ken Holland because. Uh, of the veterans that kind of you know, sit around and they're, and they're, because they offered him a senior advisory role to move Iserman into the GM position, 
and he turned it down because he wanted to stay GM. So then Stevie Y left us and went to right. the championship right. team in Tampa Bay. That's, not, that's not what I was getting at. What I'm saying is Ken Holland has, has had trouble, and people have been complaining about this, and I've, I've complained about it from time to time, is that uh, we, we do have a lot of veterans in the lineup that probably don't necessarily need to be there anymore. Um, and Steve Eisman, what he did in Tampa Bay is he was able to move some veterans that probably other GMs were not able to move. Uh, he took Martin St. Louis, and, and, and the thing is... Martin St. Louis! And what I said about putting people on notice is Eisman is not afraid to make a trade. He traded Jonathan Druin, who was a, a top three pick, right? He traded Martin St. Louis and Vinny LeCavalier, who were legends down in Tampa because they brought a Stanley Cup there. With they Bill Davidson as the owner. But they weren't, they weren't uh, producing anymore. And somehow he was able to get them out and get great returns. He traded uh, he traded Vinny LeCavalier, I think, to the Flyers for Matt Carl, a defenseman who's been playing, who played big minutes in that that year. They went to the Stanley Cup uh, against against Chicago, and then he traded Martin St. Louis to New York for uh, for Boyle and Callahan, who were also big components. Fuck Ryan Boyle. Who were also big components that that Tampa Bay team going to a, a conference championship and a Stanley Cup championship. They lost both of those, but. They're contenders. Oh right? yeah, they were they were great players. They're, they're I mean, legitimate. They're legitimate contenders. I don't like Boyle because he's kind of a goon, but yeah, he's a jackass. I like but, him. But I mean, they went to the conference final last year. No one was stopping Washington. They're they're a team on a mission for Ovi. But I mean, Tampa Bay. I mean, if they if they beat Washington, they win the Stanley Cup. You know what I'm saying? So Eisman is Eisman is able to build teams, um, and, and and no no one's safe. No one is truly no one is safe unless you're Victor Hedman or, or uh, Steven Stamkos. You know, we, I'm sure we have a and couple guys. And he was also able here. to convince Stamkos to resign. You know, yeah, yeah. Stamkos could have gone to t- uh, Toronto for a lot of money, and he would have been the new face of the Maple Leafs. And the Red Wings obviously created space for him. He could have went to the Red Wings, who were about to get a brand new arena, and we're going to pay him a yeah. large sum. Of and money. I know that uh, maybe the non-hockey fan out there, it sounds way better to live in Tampa than it does in Toronto. But if St- Stephen Stamkos came back to Toronto and brought them a cup. They would make him prime minister over Justin Trudeau the next day. You can, All right? you, can, you can live life in Tampa, make that money, or you could go to Toronto and live forever. Yeah. Like literally be like a, a statue. So he's getting sold on a legacy, and Iserman had sold him on beaches and a paycheck. You yeah, know? pretty much. And once you have that much, I mean, I don't care who you are. You can say what you want. For some people, it's just about the money, but they don't make enough money in hockey, and that's such an aggressive sport. Those guys are true competitors on the ice. It's about... Like that's why Babcock went back to Toronto. He wants yeah. to be a legend. I think we all want to be a legend, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. If he brings a cup to, I'm definitely the Toronto. funniest pr- Preston brother. Well, he's definitely got a better chance now after they sign Johnny Tavares. I'll tell you that much. Johnny Big Nuts Tavares, I like him. Man, they got they got a tough lineup. But anyways, so I I mean honestly, my my bold pre- so to finish my bold, my bold prediction, uh, believe it or not, it wasn't finished. I think he becomes GM of the Red Wings in his second year. Steve Eiserman is, is GM of the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings go to the Stanley Cup final. That's bold. Very bold. We'll hold you to it. We have, we, have, we have Zadina in his third year in the league, who's going to be a star. We have a better defense, because I, I truly think Jacob Trouba will sign with the Detroit Red Wings next summer, because Jacob Trouba has been vocal about... And Joe Hicketts looked good last season. Uh, Who? Joe Hicketts? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really going to talk about him. Jacob Truba, who's a good defenseman, very, very good defenseman from Winnipeg, has been vocal about coming about about how he would love to play for the Red Wings, and he'll be an unrestricted free agent next summer. So we get a good defenseman in him, and I think the Red Wings are really holding out for him. I, th- I think they're gonna they're gonna try for a trade. It wasn't gonna work out. They had to give up too much, and I think they're holding out to to just sign him for nothing next year. So 
Uh, things could things would be on the up and up as far as our, our new prospects that we have in the system and things like that. And I think Eisman comes in at a good time. He makes some moves. He makes some good picks. And I think he pushes the team pretty far in the playoffs as a second year's GM. Yeah, I mean, I'm like... I mean, it's in three years. It's not like it's like tomorrow. I'm not, okay, if he comes here, they probably will get to the Stanley Cup final. I agree with that. But I think it's like 75% he's not going to... Wait, wait, wait. I, I correct myself. That's in like four years, dude. We still got this year. next. I'm saying like four years. So, I mean, there is okay. there's time to make some changes. All right, all right. I don't think Eisenman's going to be so your plans for 2022. I want him to be. It's my dream, but I don't... I think he's actually just... Hanging him up. You think he just wants to come hang out in Detroit? Yeah, this, I think he just wants to hang him up, and he's going to get the itch to come back. It's an itch in those guys, man. It's the same reason why Larry Brown still out there coaching the SMU Mustangs in basketball. So he's going to get the itch, but he's not going to do it? I think he, I think it's about 75-25. 75 what? 75, he's not going to do it. 75 he's not going to do it, but 25 he's going to do it. I, I, I just, dude, I just can't help it. Like, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like, how, how can this not happen? So, Joe, you said four years from now, so you're calling the 2022 Stanley Cup for the Detroit Red Wings? They'll be in the finals. I don't know if they'll win it. Oh, dude, if they get there and don't win it, I'm not sure if I can handle that depression again. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty brutal last time. Yeah, we know. Yeah, my mom's still I think the whole town life. knows. Your mom's forgiving me. She still makes me baby Ruth bars. Yeah, shout out to my mom. She's a real one. Yeah. She's still. Even she's still you lo- broke one of her fucking chairs, and I had to like explain it to her. There's a shitty chair. Tony, way to put that on permanent record, you jackass. There's a shitty chair, and it deserved to die, just like the Red Wings died. If it makes you feel better. 2009, Tony, get over it. The chair was part of a set. Another one died the night that Michigan State lost to Wisconsin, the Big Ten championship. <laughs> and it, I can't say it died in a fire for legal reasons, but I can't say it did it for moral reasons. Well, the, well, the chair that was part of a set is now a pair of bar stools, okay? Yeah. Let's put it that way. We, uh, we, we just we just refurnished a little bit. I was going to say it's a magnified hunk of wood and metal, but, you know. It's addition by subtraction, right? Okay, addition by subtraction. Before I forget, the music at the beginning was provided by www.packdw.com they, or dv.com. They want a shout-out so we could use it for free. There you go. It's like the 10th page on Google. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so... Well, at least we have ad placements now on the show. That's pretty cool. No. Like that's not, not neither here nor there. So, Josh didn't talk a lot. He's at the beginning. He's not that big of a sports fan. He's a little shy around us. I can understand why with, you know, Joe here. That's why I say anything too reckless, but... The looking forward to married man. life? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little more convincing next time, bud. Sure. Hannah could listen to this. Shit. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> no, I was, you know... Um... Any more questions for Josh? We got him. He's probably never going to be on again, guys. I like Josh. He's probably never going to be on again. Jesus. Hey, hey, guys. Chances are <laughs> we're never going to let Josh back. What out. are the chances yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's going to be back for Hannah's bachelorette party and he has to come hang out with us? You know, last time he was in town, he didn't hang out with us. I mean, the next time True. he's in town that we'll all be here is, is his wedding. So, I mean, like. He's going to be busy. He's probably going to be pretty busy. Yeah, probably won't be doing That's a fair. But there is Christmas. Do you want to do a podcast in the morning? <laughs> there, is, there, is, there is Christmas. I'll be back at Christmas time. Christmas special. Christmas special. Well, now you got me thinking. I don't want to tease the audience two months, but I'm thinking about getting a big, long table. I got 16 places to hug up mics. 16 places. All right. Hold Ooh. on. I only got eight mic slots, but I can figure out the rest of them. <laughs> Who the hell are we going to talk to? 16 people. In we'll just bring them in. We'll just grill our friends as sports fans. That's, that's you know. That show will go on for 10 fucking hours. Be the best 10 hours of my goddamn best life. Best 10 hours of my goddamn life. <laughs> this one's like an hour and a half. Almost at this point. Well, you want a birthday cake? You want to celebrate? 
<laughs> now I want more booze. Yeah, me too. All right, so sorry for any outbursts post the first 15 minutes. Tony doesn't know how to handle his booze. We'd like to apologize for anything we might have said offensive. Actually, I don't want to apologize because that's admitting responsibility. But if we did offend you, I didn't mean to. It was only a funny joke. I, I think, don't know. I think we did a pretty good job this show. I don't really think I've edited this at all, which is great because I'm really hammered. Mostly the edits come from one individual who is not necessarily here tonight. Oh, that's not point fingers, bro. Anyways, <laughs> well, I was um, not throwing that out there. Okay. <laughs> We've had other guests. We've had other guests. It's, um, it's not necessarily Frank. As but, always, I mean, it could be Frank. Questions. <laughs> I do miss Frank, him, though. Frank, element. we love you. Frank, we love your your vulgar voice. I miss it. I'm not moving to Chicago. Why don't you move to Chicago? Why don't you move to Chicago? So, you guys, see something this way. As what? Frank would always say, Tony. Pay the bills. All right. Uh, we don't have a website right now, so don't worry about that shit. Deal with some issues with our financial backing. <laughs> Called the raw broke bitches. That's not true. Okay, Jay is funny, <laughs> but doesn't want to put fuck it up for the show. That's what's up. That's not true either. Tony, just it's Tony, a- pay the bills. Facebook.com slash revolutionary sports fronts. Twitter.com slash RSF podcast. And yeah, YouTube. We have a channel on there, which is where this fucking show is going up. We should have taped this, dude, so people should have seen the t- Tony point. You know, that would have been a like, freaking gift. I wanted to do that. <laughs> nobody agreed with me. I had great ideas when I was sober, but nobody wanted to listen to them then. Well, that's before I knew Frank was not going to be on the show. <laughs> and also, we have an Instagram search Revolutionary Sports Front. You'll find it. There ain't shit there right now. But we'll put some shit up soon. Is that it? I need to figure out how to work this mic. (laughs) (laughs) Just say, adios, amigo. Maybe Tony shouldn't drink anymore.